Um, if, you, if you go to Rob Ash's house, he'll kind of show you his wine cellar and, um, you know, kind of the art up on the wall and things like that. You go to Choate's house, he's going to show you his kegerator, his bonfire pit, and his boat. <laughs> Don't forget Rob Ash would sh- show you his hot tub that he That's right. It's a Mountain Springs hot tub. <laughs> Mountain yeah. Springs hot tub. Let me show you this fine hot tub. Now just two ninety nine. Welcome everybody to the RNR Catcast, a fan based podcast focusing on Montana State Athletics. We're two dudes named Ryan from the state of Washington talking about our dear Montana State. We hope you enjoy. Welcome back, Bobcat fans. Well, as we inch toward fall camp, summer here, we're going to bring you a little bit of a podcast that we're putting together, talk about some news, have some polls coming out, some preseason accolades, some roster moves, and unfortunately, the departure of Chris Murray. Yep, that's just kind of a bummer all around. And uh, we actually have a special guest on here to talk about it here coming up in a little bit to talk about Chris Murray's departure. Um, but it's going to, we weren't sure if we we're going to do in our episode, but just a whole bunch of news came out at once. We had some roster moves. We had some polls come out, some preseason accolades, the Chris Murray thing. Like, all right, let's record an episode. Let's do this. Absolutely. There's enough to talk about. And uh, why is. not? Why you not? Know, give, give the football fans a little something to chew on during this downtime. I mean, yeah. we could talk about, uh, summer football, but <laughs> I mean, it's kind of funny. Like all you get is like these like Snapchat photos. I don't even know. It's, it's not even Snapchat, Instagram photos of yeah. the football players wearing like shorts and t-shirts. And you're like, Oh, look at there. Lance McCunchins running a deep route. That's pretty cool. You know, or uh, Troy Anderson's <laughs> covering the flat pretty good. Uh, he's, he's looking great. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> but that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, I don't even. I need to look at those. Like I'm, I don't even do that. It'd be entertaining at the very least. Oh, I mean, it's like the. It's basically what Montana State's trying to do to keep you interested in in football right now. So that's what we're doing to keep you interested in football. Yeah, at least what in the we're doing. Is, yeah, exactly. What we're doing is way better. So yeah, listen to us. Top don't notch. look at those. Don't look at those pictures. Just listen no. to us. Don't actually pay attention to the football players. Pay attention to us. There you go. <laughs> so, Thorny, as we do in every episode, we always lead off with, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking Michelob Ultra. Ooh. Yep. Not much to say about it. I'm drinking it because I'm fat. I don't want to be as fat. <laughs> I did not expect you to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Not like it's going to make me lose weight, but hopefully I don't gain weight drinking it too much. Anyway, well, there my you beach go. body, you know. There you go. Yeah, it's summer season coming up. Are you are you taking any beach vacations? Too late I know for you me. Live, live over there on the coast. No, are you guys no, got anything it. coming up? Okay, we might be taking a trip back to Montana. So that's about it. I got my winter body still, so <laughs> I'll be fine in Montana. There you go. <laughs> How right, about you? Well, I'm drinking what's called the Bubble Stash India Pale Ale from Hop Valley Brewing Company. And this is out of Eugene, Oregon, which I'm traveling through next week. We're going down to see my wife's family in Brookings, Oregon. So um, just tried the beer uh, recently at a barbecue. It was delicious. 
Um, it's an India Pale Ale. I know you don't like those. And um, it's it's in a green can, and so that's about it. But I got a backup with a Miller Lite and a koozie. <laughs> there you go. Got to protect it. <laughs> I don't think there's going to be an episode where I don't make fun of your koozies. You got to do it every time. Like before the season's over, I'm gonna I'm gonna like convince you that the koozie drinking with the beer is by far better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So let's lead off with um, why don't we talk about the polls? Some preseason preseason polls came out this week, and the Bobcats were in them. So give us a rundown. Yep, I put the poll out there to our huge Twitter following. Uh, We were number eight in the Athlon Sports poll, which is the Craig Haley formula of what was the old one? FCS. It was TSN for a while, a sport. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that, that website's changed hands a few times, but Craig Haley's been a part of it for a long time. We're number eight in that poll. Uh, the Hero Sports, the kind of the upstart FCF, FCS coverage conglomerate, uh, we're number 14. And the Street and Smith, which is usually kind of the laughing stock of the FCS world. Everyone kind of makes fun of it, but I put it on here anyway. We're number 16 in there. And that's, I mean, the last two sound about right to me. Um, what do you think? First of all, I guess the poll results are um, 73% of the people who voted in our poll said the Hero Sports sounds the best at number 14. Yeah, I think the Hero Sports would be more less where I would cast my vote. Just without uh, a known quarterback, it just gives me a little bit of pause. You know, we beat Incarnate Word last season in the playoffs. Uh, we beat the Grizzlies at the end of the year, you know. Um, got trounced by North Dakota State. And so, yeah, I think that's about right. You know, we're on the upward trajectory. Uh, I don't know if it's, you know, exponentially going up right now or linearly, you know, just kind of whatever slope you want to choose right there. But 14 sounds about right without knowing who's going to be our starting quarterback. And, uh, you know, if we had, let's say, a preseason, you know, Big Sky Conference, top three quarterback, top five quarterback, for sure, I would say, you know, the that eight ranking or something close, maybe even lower than that would be something more realistic, but it all hinges on the quarterback for me. Yeah. I mean, there's actually from the outside perspective, we have a fair amount of questions to answer. We graduated some good talent on the defensive line. We've got a new defensive coordinator. Um, our quarterback is now a linebacker who <laughs> couldn't really throw the ball anyway. So, I mean, <laughs> you take all that into account, like, I'm surprised we're even a top 15 team. Yeah, we got a lot of pieces coming back, but it, polls are kind of weird. You just kind of like look at your team and you just kind of, eh, we feel like a 15. Like you don't really gauge like how other teams actually are. Like one year, the talent we have right now, we could be a top 10 team because the league may be like that or the entire division may be down. Like you just don't know these things. You just kind of gauge it how you feel. Like I don't feel like we're a top 10 team. That's how I feel. I agree. Like 14, anywhere from 14 to 20, I would have been comfortable with, even though we finished kind of strong. There's just a lot of questions coming back for us to have to, to, we have a lot to prove before we're anywhere near a top 10 team, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. And these are just preseason polls. So, but, you know, historically, when we have had uh, good rankings or uh, favorable rankings, we haven't lived up to them. So, um, 
I don't know when I when they came out and I saw those numbers, I was like, I was a little bit like, ah. <laughs> I was it gave me a little bit of pause there for a moment. I, I just think back to that time when we were number one in the nation going into the cat grace. We don't need to talk about that. No, it's kind of it's sad that we're snake bitten like that. Like yeah. you shouldn't be afraid <laughs> right. to have that number one ranking. But as cat fans, we have been burned with a few times we've extended to those top five heights. Then uh, yeah, it's like it's almost like we prefer to be a little bit in the underdog role. But eventually you, know comes you, can, down? you have to have the mentality of like, we're going to beat everyone. We're everyone else is the underdog. And honestly, looking at the schedule, I kind of feel that way this year. Like I don't, there's not too many teams that I think are going to be favored over us. I know. And and that to me is kind of sucks in a, in a way because like to, to have these rankings, let's say we are, it, it is important to have these rankings. Because it, you you don't have as much ground to make up if if you're outside the top twenty five if you're trying to get a playoff bid, but if we're not going to play any teams that solidify these rankings, then we're kind of in that same boat we've been in the last couple of years. Where who have the cats really beat? You know, um, to be a top whatever team, we should beat those top whatever teams, and I don't feel like that's happened a lot for us no no we haven't really had that signature win in that regard like okay yeah we beat the grizz last three years but the grizz weren't powers in any of those years they weren't a playoff team a single one of those years exactly so what's our next biggest win outside of cat grizz like it's it's kind of hard to say There's you know really i no- always you know i always talk about like getting over the hump i think that's kind of like when that will happen like when we can say definitively okay that was that was that moment. That was that that fun, defining moment we've been looking for. So, yeah, I don't know who we have even the opportunity to do that against all the way until UC Davis second last week of this game of the season. Yeah, you think UC Davis is going to be legit again, don't you? If you got Jake Meyer under center, you got you got a chance. Is that their quarterback? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, if I had to pick a preseason Big Sky Conference offensive MVP, it'd be Jake Meyer. Okay. Or, yeah, Meyer, Mayor, Mayor, <laughs> whatever his name is. So let's talk. Uh, let's move on from these preseason polls. Let's talk quickly about some preseason accolades. We had uh, three of them. We got Mitch Brott on the offensive line. And I don't remember if he's first or second team. I think he's second. Yes, you're correct. I say Infonze is also second team. Running back, third. third team running back, and then Troy Anderson. <laughs> what is he? He's a first team athlete. It's a first team athlete. What does that even mean? I don't know. Is he's an athlete defensively? Is there an athlete category for offense, defense, or is there just straight? <laughs> is there just athlete? That's kind of like yeah. Troy Anderson got uh, first team quarterback last year. Well, he played quarterback. Would you call him a quarterback? He took the snaps. He's the quarterback. Yeah, he he was a quarterback. <laughs> for sure. He was a quarterback. And he's gonna take some snaps for us this year too. So it's it's insane that he's first team all conference in a position that he hasn't even really played. I know. Like they're is... not they're not they're not putting him on there because they think he's gonna run for fifteen hundred yards again. They think he's <laughs> gonna be a linebacker slash running back slash whatever else. So it's it's pretty ridiculous that he's getting that kind of national attention without having proven anything outside of 
he can run the ball really well. It's kind of funny. Yeah. I can't imagine any other players in history of sports have kind of had this kind of hype in, for this kind of just position change. Like it's, it's, it's weird. It's entertaining. <laughs> I feel bad for Troy Anderson in, in a way because if Troy Anderson is trying to make the NFL, then Montana State's really hasn't been doing him a whole lot of favors. You know, it's um, true. I mean, that could be a whole podcast <laughs> in itself. But uh, get, yeah, we could just rename this the Troy Anderson podcast and we'd get a lot of subscribers, but we'll keep it to a minimum <laughs> here. <laughs> hey, but, I uh, wanted to ask you on those preseason accolades. Did you do you think anybody got snubbed from the Bobcats? It's I don't like to say that because I don't know enough about the rest of the country, the production of the guys ahead of anybody. But it's just it's crazy to to me, like a guy like Bryce Sturk or even Braden Conkle can't make any sort of honorable mention or anything. Yeah. Third team. Like those guys, like even Jacque Allen, like we have three guys I think are elite at the position who couldn't even make it past honorable mention conference, which is, I think, kind of the criteria for national attention, isn't it? I don't, I'm not entirely sure on that, but they're not going to name a guy first team All American Hero Sports who was honorable mention safety last year. Yeah. Good point. So if any, if the snubs happened, it was at the all conference level which kind of then hamstrings you on up, I think. Good point. So, so yes, yes, we've got some some snubs for sure. And I think that's kind of a good thing. I think that's going to motivate some people back there. Absolutely. I'd throw a loose kid in there too. I think he's primed to have a good year. I think our offensive line is going to be salty. All right, so let's talk a little bit about some roster moves. We had a couple big guys come in. Seems like we are the landing pad for um, Washington, the yeah. University of Washington, which <laughs> it doesn't bother me. Um, we had two guys come in um, from them in recent weeks. Dylan Porter, excuse me, Dylan Porter was not from Washington. Uh, he's he's a Nevada transfer. Mm -hmm. um, he signed next or last week with us. He has three years to play. Uh, six foot six, three hundred five, offensive line. Um, do you have any thoughts on him? I have no idea. I I really don't think he'll crack the starting rotation this year, but it, we needed some depth. We needed some backup. We needed some size and experience at the very least in case a guy goes down or to push the guys. So I think it's a great signing because I think he will factor in at some point. I'm just not sure it'll be this year because we have a pretty pretty solidified line outside of uh, the, losing the center, Alex Neal. The other guy was Jason Scrimpos. Uh He is a Washington uh, – he w played at the University of Washington, graduate transfer, if, I've, if I'm reading that right. Um, yes. Six foot si yeah, six foot six, uh, 295. Yeah, pretty much the same size as the offensive lineman we signed. <laughs> D-line. I know. <laughs> and, yeah. and now you have the potential to have three UW players on, on our D-line. With Amandre Williams, Bryce Dirk, now Jason Scrampos. How so. good is the depth at UW? If, if guys like this can't even make the rotation, it's not like we're getting 
guys that like had a lot of play. I guess Demondre Williams did, but just the fact that some of these guys can't even like see the field, and they'd be <laughs> starting at a lot of other FBS schools, let alone pretty much every FCS school. Like Bryce Strick would have started anywhere, maybe mm-hmm. not like NDSU or maybe because NDSU always has a ridiculous D line, but Strick would start at ninety seven percent of FCS schools day one. And it I don't is know about, hard to fathom. I don't know about Scrimpos, but uh, at the very least, we needed some big bodies along the line because we lost such good pr- productivity and seniority there. So it's going to be good to have some more guys to rotate in there. And I just like the fact that Choate has this pipeline, you know, for players that are looking for some more playing time that he has connections to, you know, and those players' connections to Choate will eventually run out because, you know, time will pass. But his ends with Chris Peterson, whether it be at Boise State or now um, University of Washington, Washington are play, paying dividends for us, which is players, but not also with coaches. We got a couple new coaches uh, recently, um, Jonathan Amosa and Hayden, I'm going to butcher his last name, Shu, both are Husky players. And we got one, um, Josh, I'm going to butcher his last name. Twafalele, did I see that right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, Nate Potter came in, um, a Boise State connection. So Choate's like, you know, keeping all his, um, it's kind of like all his players and uh, coaches like close to the vest, his comfort zone, so, so to say. So I think it's pretty common. I remember, uh, you know, when Ash first came over, he brought. Marshall with them. He brought a couple of guys, didn't he too? Like there was mm-hmm. a couple of guys he brought with him. All the staff he brought with him. And he brought at least one player. The only player that I can think of, I know for a fact, played with him was Jason Dialba. Yeah. Drake. Um, I don't remember if there's any other players, but I think it's but you know, that's kind of a different story though. Like uh, Drake is a is a school that wouldn't really have the same talent level as even we would, but then like a guy from like uh Chote, who comes from an FBS lineage. Um, going to be plenty of talent that blew through the cracks that could poach. Oh, for sure. And I you think still the pipeline will uh, be open for a little bit longer too. <laughs> well, I, I was just saying. Not too much longer. I don't know if Choate has proven that he can recruit a quarterback, but when it comes to D-line, uh, we got those in states now. <laughs> so, Well, how many do we have that were high school recruits of Choate's? Is he going to only rely on UW transfers to fill out defensive line? Because that's not sustainable. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is not. So, well, I, I think maybe who's the is it? Um, is it Ferreter? is he the junior of the bunch? No, Ferreter, I believe is a senior. And then we got Derek Marks back. Marks like is a senior. So one of those guys yeah. is a junior. But then Chase Benson, I think, would have been a, a total show recruit, right? Benson, pretty sure, because he's a junior. And then the Sir Dines, I, I can't remember if it's, I can never remember which way that name goes, but he was definitely a Joe recruit. Yeah, that's true. Small town, Washington. So, yeah, there it'll be, go. the point is, I, yeah, D Lang seems to be a strength. I just, I hope that he can be as successful recruiting high school kids as he does defensive line transfers. And I'm hoping Scrimpo is, is as good as Sterk. And I'm hoping Williams is as good too. It's, it remains to be seen. I've heard nothing but good things out of fall camp or spring camp from him, but he still hasn't played a game. Nope. 
You always wonder on those transfer guys, are they going to gel? You know, are they going to buy in? So that's the biggest question in my mind. And then the other um, news we have from the roster moves is Tyrell Burgess is no longer on the team, which I know you will be bummed about. Gosh, I was rooting for that guy. (laughs) I thought he was going to factor in at some point. I don't don't know if he just never turned the corner because he was going to be a a junior, right? Uh, That sounds about right. I think uh, Vim on the board had projected that Burgess might not even make the chart at running back. You think Shane Perry had passed him? So yeah, grades aside, um, Vim seemed to think that he might not even have a be invited to fall camp as it were. Mm. Don't know that's conjecture, but uh, certainly a guy who had a ton of athleticism and, and flashed a lot of potential. um, He is a victim to uh, grade concerns as well. I believe Um, I don't think he'll be coming back. I don't know that, but typically grade issues are final most of the time. Yeah. And then, you know, with the news with Jalen Cole, you. Which is actually Who's... positive in the, in this regard. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't remember the injury he sustained in the Grizzly game. Do you? Not, I don't, like, I don't remember the specific play where it happened, but I knew he did sustain an injury and just kind of thing that hampered him. And uh, I thought he was pretty much retiring, but it sounds like he just might be able to come back. They just basically didn't want to hold a spot for him. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Can't, I mean, they're bringing in tons and tons of guys. And that's one thing we can talk about if we if we have time on this podcast, so it's recruiting philosophy. But, you know, there's only so many roster spots. And if you have a guy who medically can't go, you have to make some tough decisions. Well, let's I know, hold I know, off on I know that that's one thing we were waiting on too is Jabari Johnson. Like I Chope basically told him at some point he's gonna have to make a decision too. He told that to Johnson and I have you heard anything about Jabari Johnson? Well, some news came out just recently. I think the Gazette or some other paper reported on Johnson and Chope was saying that like you know, we we're just waiting for his knee or waiting for May to come around, seeing how his knee was going to go and then we're going to go from there so uh i would listen to culture's podcast on the numbers today uh the last edition just came out and he's kind of referencing it and it sounded like he was saying that it sounded like there's a lot of gray area there so yeah. jabari may come back for his fifth uh fifth year uh, uh brooks was saying he's like you know if if you're if you on him like there's definitely a spot for him or should be a spot for him in, on the 90-man roster but you, you don't know. So, you know, if I had to go with my gut, I don't think Jabari Johnson is going to play again. I just don't think his knee is going to get that much better. Um, and, it's been and, a long and if, time. And yeah. I think you would have heard by now if he was cleared or on and, the way and, to being cleared. And unfortunately, with the offense we run, like... We need just, him. <laughs> it, well, it, well, kind of. I mean, it is what it is. And that's something I really kind of wanted to ask you before this whole thing always done is kind of like about our offensive identity. Like, how do you feel about who we are as an offensive team? Do you like Choate's philosophy? Or... I don't know what Choate's philosophy is yet. I think he's had to play the cards he's been dealt. And maybe he dealt himself those cards. I, just, I don't truly know what his philosophy is yet. If you told, I doubt his philosophy is to have a guy in there 
who can't throw the ball and just runs all over the field and just runs a QB power triple wing offense. I'm kind of kind of skeptical that that's what he brought to the table, <laughs> but that's what we ended up having. So I don't know where we are yet. I know we're going to be a team that's going to be physical, no matter how we play it out. Um, but if if you're telling me, I don't, I still don't really know what Joe wants to do on offense, and that's another reason why you can't be a top ten team if you don't really know what your offensive identity is just yet. I think Matt Miller's got us headed in the right direction, but again, um, now we're gonna try actually have a quarterback who can throw the ball. So we might have a whole different looking offense next year. Yeah. So hard to say. It's crazy to think that you're going into year year four and you're still thinking about that. <laughs> I'm I'm just tired of having a quarterback controversy. Me too. I'm just tired of talking about it. I just want us to have a guy and we can talk about him and whether he, <laughs> he played well or played poorly, but not like, well, I guess bring in the next guy. Like, okay, why didn't we start him this week? Why did we start him? It's like, it's, I'm tired of just talking like that. Yeah. I just want a guy. Exactly. Stick with him. Let him develop. going to be all right. You can hand the ball off to Troy Anderson if that's what you really want. We got Infancy in the backfield. Let them do the work. Come on. Yeah. One guy we don't have anymore would be Chris Murray. No, we don't. This is sad. It's it it's is. really just sad. I just feel bad for for everyone for Chris Murray. I mean that's it's a life changing thing to not cut it in the college that you were a starting quarterback at. I don't know where his future holds football-wise, but I hope he lands on his feet academically and just in life. Just hope he turns out and uh, this doesn't be too big of a speed bump for him. But I don't know if he was going to factor into the quarterback conversation or not. Who knows? Oh, if he was around, for sure, he would have been a factor in the quarterback conversation. Absolutely. Well, again, does that go back to... If Choate's identity is more of a guy who can throw the ball down the field, who is more arm than leg, Chris Murray is still more leg than arm. Oh, absolutely. So, decisions would have been made, but yeah, he would have factored in for sure. You're right. Well, I wonder how much say Matt Miller has in this decision. So, yeah, same coaching tree there. (laughs) Yeah, right. There you go. The Boise State. Oh, I have high respect for Matt Miller. Yeah. Everything. I remember watching him in high school. I remember coming back from like college, you know, visiting Great Falls or something, um, visiting my folks in, and like finding out that Russell was playing uh, Capital. I would go over to Helena to watch that game. It was always just a good rivalry. And so um, I remember watching him play. He played two sides of the ball. He played running back, I believe. Or was he quarterback? I can't remember. But he's he played off. Uh, was he? Yeah, he's basically Troy Anderson of <laughs> the, what we do with Troy Anderson now would be like Matt Miller. Okay, I don't know that but, for a fact. I don't. I just remember watching his highlight tape, and he was he seemed to play quarterback a lot. Yeah, I mean, he played both sides of the ball. You know, I want to say he was like safety or something. But I mean, he's just he's just a player. So it was kind of cool too because then I took a teaching position out in Southern Idaho, in Nampa. And then he ends up at Boise State. And so I go watch Boise State games and, and there's 
Matt Miller. So it was pretty cool. Well, to talk about Chris Murray's legacy, we brought in a special guest today, Corey Chenoweth. Some of you might know him on Bobcat Nation as WBTFG. He's going to give us some insights on just Chris Murray and what he meant to Montana State and his legacy. Now we're going to take a little shift in the program. We're going to invite one of the most prolific posters in Bobcat Nation, WBTFG. Top five for sure. Top five for sure. <laughs> well, one of these days we should do our top five posters on Bobcat Nation. Well, that would go badly. Yeah, exactly. That's why I want to do it. <laughs> uh, Corey Chenoweth is joining us today. Um, Corey, how you doing, buddy? Good. Thanks for having me on here. So, uh, you know, long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> well, we appreciate, appreciate it. That. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> um, we invited Corey on specifically to talk about Chris Murray and his departure from Montana State and kind of like hit some thoughts on what Chris Murray meant to to him, essentially. And Corey's going to talk to us about Chris Murray and his departure from Montana State. Yeah, everyone at this point pretty much knows the what happened, why he's no longer with the team. So we're not going to really talk much about that. We just want to know what he meant to the program and how will he be remembered in 10, 15, 20 years from now because he had a short burst of a career here. Hold on, Thorny. We forgot to ask him the most important question, though. Yes, we did. That is, what are you drinking tonight, Corey? Well, I am drinking uh, Miner's Gold from Lewis and Clark. It has nice. a blue and gold can uh, for, for the Bobcats. And it's, you know, gold medal at the Great American Beer Festival. I think they were named Best Small Brewery of the Year. So, uh, really? so that's what I'm drinking. And uh, I'm here in Helena, so it's a local Helena beer. Nice. Oh, man, I miss Montana beer. I miss the Blackfoot in Helena more than anything. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, great the, beer here. Black yeah, Blackfoot, Lewis and Clark. Yeah, can I give a, a shout out to uh, a bar that's just one of my my favorite bar of all time is in Great Falls, Montana, my hometown. It's the Steinhaus, and if you've never been there, it's it's such a gem. It's it's all micro brews on tap. There's probably twenty to twenty five. There's no liquor, but it's just all the state's beers reside feels like all the state's beers reside in the Stein house. And it's just a cozy place. You get these big steins for like three seventy five. dollars uh, You can put peanut shells on the floor. Uh, they got a fireplace in the back. Uh, really great atmosphere. Everybody's always happy in there. You can hear each other. Uh, it's a great place. But uh, it just reminded me uh, when you were talking about the Lewis & Clark Brewery because you always have a couple of those guys' beers on tap. Uh, Tumbleweed is pretty, pretty much a mainstay over there. And, nice. uh, uh, yeah, you know, Myers gold for sure. So, well, I know who our first sponsor is going to be. <laughs> you just gave him a free one. It's a freebie. That's right. Heck yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get back on track. Uh, talk to us, Corey, about, uh, Chris Murray. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't, it's hard to say exactly what he means to the program. I mean, he only, he played for two years and there were two I would say very roller coaster years, both in terms of team performance as well as his own 
uh, individual performances. He had some of the most amazing plays I've ever seen. Um, many of them against the Grizzlies and also some, a lot of plays that just kind of left you scratching your head. Like what the heck was that all about? <laughs> um, but, um, you know, in terms of his legacy, I mean, I think his legacy, um, and I don't, I don't even know if this is arguable is he's a Grizz slayer. Like he, his best games, I think every year or his most memorable moments always came against the Grizz, which obviously, you know, the highlight that's going to live on forever is him doing a flip, you know, into the end zone and, um, teabagging Connor Strom. Can I say that? <laughs> you sure can. All right. We got the E for explicit on our podcast. We're fine. <laughs> Excellent. Um, and then, and same dude, you know, uh, that Connor Strom came up to meet him in the hole and Chris just buckled his legs and went right by him. And I think that ended up being a touchdown or a, a long gain, gain on, you know, like a third and 20 or something like that. And so, I mean, I think that's his legacy is he's, he, he slayed the Grizz two times in a row. I mean, he, first time he was barely 18 years old. Um, which is but, crazy. It's oh my crazy. gosh. It's crazy. And I mean, and you think about before the season, um, you know, we were supposed to have a big time four star quarterback um from like Washington State. Uh, reverse that a little bit. We were supposed to have Dakota Prukop. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. And all of a sudden we got like one dude um who's I mean, because Brugman didn't pan out and um Prukop left and I we, who's the other guy we had? I don't remember. Was he the one who went to that the man Jordan Hoy. did. Yeah, it was Hoy. Oh, we had Jordan Hoy. Yep, it went to a junior college. Um, and then there was kind of a local in-state kid as well, it seems like. Um, I don't Folsom. remember if that was the... It's Ben Folsom, I'm pretty sure. Oh, Folsom, right, yeah. Um, I don't even think he stuck so with all the team. all of a sudden, no. we, just, we were just left with Chris Murray. And, you know, at the time, he was 17 <laughs> years old. And um, he kind of played like he was 17 years old at some times. But, man, what, he's probably one of the most dynamic athletes I've ever seen in a Bobcat uniform. Agreed. And uh, it's funny you mentioned that. Well, it's not funny because everyone's going to mention the flip in the end zone. But up until last year, that was like my all-time favorite Cat Grizz play in history. Up until the stuff from last year might have topped it. But gosh, yeah, what what an amazing stretch he had against the Grizz alone. And couldn't have, couldn't have embarrassed a better guy than uh, number, what, 42 for the Grizz there, Connor Strom. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. Yeah, we don't talk bad about players, but I'll just uh, yeah, not not a big fan. Yeah. Of I think, his I think antics. he was ten. I think Strom was ten, and 10, Buck yeah. was forty two. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah, right. I mean, he, he, I mean, Buck is a crazy athlete, and Chris Murray made him look slow. You know, I mean, he was yeah. just an, a a ridiculous athlete, and you know, right up there with Troy Anderson. As I mean, those are those two guys on the field at the same time are two of the best athletes that I've ever seen in Bobcat uniform. And I was just just hoping against hope that they'd be on the field together this year in the backfield at the same time in some ridiculous package. I that would agree. Be, oh man. I can't imagine. I was hoping wow. to see a package with Travis Johnson, Chris Murray, and Troy Anderson. <laughs> Three of like the, probably the best athletes I have seen on the Bobcat team all playing at the same time. Yeah, without a doubt. And so it'll be interesting to kind of see what happens with him. I don't know. I don't understand eligibility well enough to know, does he have a chance to play at a junior college? I don't 
think he does, but, or, you know, can he move down to like a NAIA, which God help anybody on that field if he goes to NAIA. Uh, But so I don't know if there's football in his future or not, or if he's kind of done. Well, NAIA tends to be a little bit more uh, higher academic schools, doesn't it? No, not necessarily. I mean, they just have different, uh, I mean, they're under a different governing body, so they have different eligibility requirements, sure. uh, but not necessarily. I mean, you know, like yeah, Western or, State yeah. or, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to pick on any Montana schools, but, uh, Fair um, enough. you know, yeah. Yeah, I don't well, know. I don't know if he has an opportunity to go to the JC route or not, because I think he probably could for one year, because then he'd be eligible to go play one more year at anywhere, right? That's how it could work, because he's basically redshirting last year. He'd have to get his grades in order for this next coming semester, which I don't think he could. I don't know. Yeah, this, right. that's all conjecture. So. Yeah. Yeah, I really don't know what his future is. I hope he gets to play some more football. And if he does, I would love to watch some videos of him play because, like he's like we were talking about, like you were talking about, he was most, one of the most fluid, insane athletes I've seen. It didn't even look like he was ever even trying. Like when he was oh, going man. full sprint, he just looked like he was just strolling on a lazy Sunday and he just outruns everybody, everybody. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, he kind of got, like I said, he it, it was, it's almost too bad because it's like, it, you know, it almost wasn't fair for him because I don't think that he was maybe quite ready to just sort of have the spotlight on him. And I don't think the coaches were ready to give the spotlight on him. You know, I think they sort of planned for him to redshirt and things didn't work out that way. And, you know, it had been interesting to see. I mean, it's, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, but it would be interesting to see how, you know, if things had worked out differently, either with Prukop or Jordan Hoy or, you know, somebody like that, where, you know, Chris could have redshirted a year and, you know, had a year on the bench and then seen where he could have gone from there. I think like everything kind of piled up on him all at once. And um, it just unfortunately didn't work out. Well, the magnitude of leading a division one football team when you're 17 years old must be exactly. I can't, I can't fathom. So I, no, I mean, he was barely 18 the next year when he <laughs> went into Pullman <laughs> and a yeah, big time keep... college environment at like 18 for a, like a six months. <laughs> yeah, for sure. kid. So, so Corey, uh, besides being the Grizz Slayer, what was your other favorite Chris Murray moment? Oh man. Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think that, Hmm. That's a great question. I, I, you know, it's, it's funny. I remember his first year and we were about halfway through the season and I was looking at our stats and I think that we had, it was like three or four plays all year. And this was still kind of when Brugman was the main quarterback and, and, and Murray was seeing kind of some spot duty. And I I was looking at our stats and I think we had three plays over 30 yards (laughs) <laughs> the entire season and every single one of them was a Chris Murray run. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, cause if you remember that first year, our offense was painful. I mean, it was bad. It was so frustrating to watch. It wasn't until and... later in the year when the, who was OC that year? Was that Messingham? 
that was yeah. melting him. Yeah, but yeah. before they even like attempted to like realize like, all right, this kid can't pass. Let's see what we can do with them. Like they just kept trying to have him play the same role as Brugman for a while. Right. They just he's not that kind of quarterback. So it didn't take. Right. It took a while before he even had any success moving the football. <laughs> exactly, and and you know the kind of the seventeen year old freshman that only gets a handful of snaps a game. He's the only one on the team that had any, you know, in, any uh, uh, single plays that were over thirty yards or more. So, so I mean, I, I looked at that and that just kind of like blew. I still remember that. It just kind of blew my mind back then. Hmm. How about you, Foley? What is your favorite? Non Grizzly favorite Chris Murray moment. There's two of them that come to mind. Um, one being the South Dakota State game. Yep. Uh, uh, the oh, opener yeah. on Gold Rush night. He was lights out. He made a couple passes to Jabari Johnson that where <laughs> he didn't make that the year before, and it was just like, um, wow, this is if this is what Chris Murray is going to be, <laughs> you know, like watch out. And yeah. that game, that game, even though we lost, was one of the most memorable games um, that I can remember. Honestly, it was such a high-profile game, and holy cow, you know, Kirsten we roast, Terry. We roasted so. the occasion in that game. We just came up short. Like we, yeah, and it felt like that, you know exactly. It was kind of like mm-hmm. um, it was like that kind of moment where you know, okay, Choate and company are going to get over this this hump that they were building, you know, we just beat the Grizz and, and now we're ascending. And then it was like, no, not quite yet. But, um, well, the second one fake field goal away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. um, what a great play call as much as yeah, I hate oh, it. Hell yeah. And <laughs> the, the O-line coach for, uh, the cats, um, yeah. who had went over there. Do you remember panning to him, uh, on the, yeah. on the feed? Oh my gosh. I just, what was his name? Jason, uh, Eck. Yeah, Jason Eck. So there you go. Uh, my other one was he lit up North Dakota. Yeah. Uh, something fierce. And oh, we yeah. just trounced him. And boy, he was just completing deep balls and just, I mean, we just waxed them. And I just remember him. That was the other one that just stood out to me. Just that game was just like, it was so much fun to watch. And they were, that was a game where everybody on their team pretty much was injured. And remember, they were conference champs the year before. Yeah. And so we're coming in. We're like, oh, man, we're going to beat them. And we did solidly, but they, I mean, they didn't have Well, at the time, it was like a pretty big win. Like, they were still, like, that was like the first game of them turning into cellar dwellers was basically losing to us. <laughs> kind of funny. But they, like, at the yeah. time, it was a pretty solid win. Like, people thought that was going to be, all right, we're still we're still in this thing. Yeah, it looked good at the moment, but then again, you know, North Dakota proved that they weren't much. They didn't have much grit after that. After they, I mean, literally, I mean, it was comical how many players they lost to injury. But uh, another good Chris Murray game. So uh, I just, it just makes me sad. I, th- I remember hearing Culture talk about it, and I was listening to it with my father, his podcast on on Friday, and I agree with Coulter. It's just like overall, I'm just sad for him because the longevity of him trying to get back to this point and all the work he did and it didn't pan out for him i mean that's hard that's a tough pill to swallow uh you put two years of work into it and you and you didn't make it and and yeah no matter what i just root for the kids you know i root for the guys and so yeah, yeah, football yeah i just want i just want him secondary. to have a chance and yeah exactly and then just 
he had his chance and it didn't pan out. So I just feel bad for Chris Murray. Ultimately, I don't feel bad for Montana State. I feel bad for Chris Murray. Yeah, it's it's easy to sit there and just get upset at like, oh, we how come we couldn't make it? We needed him on the team, but you know, it, it's not like he didn't try. This is and we should never feel that way either. Like these are just kids that are just trying to figure out life. I didn't yeah. know anything when I was seventeen, eighteen. I don't know anything now. <laughs> so it's just it takes a while to figure out who you are and. And not college isn't for everyone. Like, who knows? There could be lots of different paths for him. So, right. and, you know, I, I was just going to say, I mean, you know, it's, it's easy for us as fans and especially rabid fans and things like that to, um, to sort of cast judgments and kind of think about how, you know, how that ruins our Saturday. It's not that it ruins our Saturday, but I mean, just to be a little bit, you know, a little bit too overzealous about that, you know, and, and, and think about it more in terms of ourselves rather than, you know, from his perspective and, and, and having empathy for him. Um, So we don't, I mean, we, nobody knows, right. That nobody on Bobcat nation knows what's going on in his world. No one knows, um, you know, what his life looks like, what, you know, where, where he is now, where he came from and um, things like that. So, um, you know, it's silly for anybody to sort of, get mad or cast any types of like negative judgment or anything like that. I think all you can do now is just sort of, you know, thank him, I guess, for, for, you know, the two fun years and especially beating the Grizz and, you know, a lot of really great, exciting plays and, um, you know, wish him the best and maybe try to follow his career if he ends up somewhere else. Yep. No, I agree with that completely. And uh, I think you will have a positive legacy for sure. I mean, you go to it against the Grizz you know, people don't forget that. It's just kind of the nature of the position, too. Like, I could pretty much name any quarterback who's taken any snap for the Bobcats since, like, 2000, no matter how good or bad their careers turned out. You just you, you remember quarterbacks, and you just, you're not going to forget his plays. My, I only definitely wasn't on a very good football team both of his years, and um, he's he certainly part of the reason they weren't very good. But so that always it makes it harder. Uh, to remember legacy. I remember I posted on the bo- on the basketball board. I was bored one day at work, and I was like looking up the like leading scores for the the Bobcats like 10, 15 years ago. And I asked the question, and nobody could remember who the leading score was for two years in a row. It was Jerron Jefferson? Remember him? Oh yeah, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had a, like a game winning like three pointer against the mm-hmm. Grizz. And I remember watching that in my basement. It was awesome. And yet no one could even remember who he was. Like, it's just, it's just kind of like, if you're not on a good team, it's like, you can be a good player on a bad team. It's just, you're not going to be etched into the history books. Even like John Jefferson, who beat the Grizz on a game-winning three-pointer. Like, how many people remember that? Yeah, right. Exactly. So, so- when, it comes, when it comes to Chris Murray, I don't know how he's going to be remembered. I think, I don't think anyone can forget just the, the, the imprint he made on you watching him play just the polarizing nature of him. Like, Oh, which Chris Murray are we getting today? The one who's going to just look lights out or the one who's going to complete one pass out of 12 attempts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Talk about a roller coaster that he has as big as a roller coaster as you can have. Cause I think the very next game after that South Dakota state game is when he completed like one or two passes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. well, well, you think about that, his first cat Grizz game, I think he completed two, but, he kind of did play lights out. I mean, I think he had about 200 yards rushing. And the last one was that uh, 
the one to Connor Sullivan that sealed the game, which right. <laughs> so at that point, he had completed one pass until the game winning <laughs> pass. <laughs> oh, so, I heard that. Yeah. Party on. Me. So Thorny, I, I think you have some questions for Corey, don't you? I sure do. Got some oh, rapid great. fire questions here. All right. Let's end this here. Who is our starting quarterback against Texas Tech? Tucker Rovig. That's what I thought you'd say. Who's our starting quarterback against NAU, the first conference opponent? Ooh. You think I it's am, still Tucker Rovig? I, I'm, yeah, I think it's still Tucker <laughs> Rovig. I think it's still Tucker Rovig. Yep, that's, that'd be my guess, too. Um, who is going to be our offensive MVP? Um, I'm going to say Afonso. I mean, that's kind of the easy one, but, I mean, that guy is just out of this world. I think we're going to put a lot of on his shoulders this year. Well, yeah. So it's kind of go back. I mean, with Cho's offenses, so I know this is rapid fire, but I've listened to your show before and I know the tangents you go on. So. Thank you. Um, Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> a true fan here. Yes. <laughs> no, but you know, one thing that'll be interesting is, you know, without that, one of the things that Cho loves is that plus one run game, right. With the quarterback, whether it's, Chris Murray or Troy Anderson or things like that. And one of the reasons I think he really loves that is that the linebackers have to account for the quarterback run game. And I think that was a big part of both Troy. um, I think that was a big part of Isaiah Infante's um, success this year is because a lot of times, you know, if the the linebackers kind of had their eye on Troy Anderson or at least one eye on Troy Anderson and maybe not guarding against Afonso as much as they normally would in a in a in a traditional or an offense with a traditional quarterback. So it'll be interesting to see how we do when we maybe don't have that quarterback with that's as much of a threat to run and how that affects um Afonso in the run game. Agreed. But and how important is it though that and how much of a sacrifice was it for Logan Jones to redshirt last year so he could come back and become a threat to help out that 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 threat to the edge which we don't have Afonso doesn't really have himself yeah man Logan Jones that's one kid I love watching that kid play man Mm -hmm. he plays so hard I love when he's in the game yeah second that defensive MVP um I'm gonna go with the new guy uh Amandre Williams the buck end from Washington wild card I like it. You never that's, know. That's, that's not he, that. That's not who I would have picked. But well, who, I, who I haven't guys, seen him. Who would you pick? Yeah, tangent. Go for it. <laughs> Braden Conkle. Ooh, Conkle. I love Conkle. It's a hard pick between because I think Sturt could have a big year. Whether he plays inside or outside doesn't matter. I think Conkle is a good choice. I think Jacque Allen's going to have a good year too. Yeah, I we agree. Got, we got three studs. Well, and then you got Troy Anderson on there, and he's maybe the best athlete on the entire field. Yeah, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Yeah, well, I mean, he is the best can't... athlete on the entire field. Whether or not True. he's best at his position, that's a, that's a different topic. But we can get in. We'll, we will dissect that throughout the season, <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a favorite FBS team? Hmm. Not really. I kind of, it just kind of depends on the year. I'll, I'll root for, you know, some teams, but 
No, I don't think I don't think I necessarily have a favorite. There's definitely some teams like Ohio State um, w- that I always root against. Go uh, go Buckeyes. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Um, but uh, yeah, but no, I don't. I don't really have a a favorite FBS team. What was your favorite watering hole in Bozeman in college? Cannery. Cannery, nice. Cannery, cannery. I think <laughs> I saw they lost their license for a little bit, and um, they're cannery. staying open too long and <laughs> things like that. And uh, it's like I definitely took advantage of that back in the day as well. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and last question. limitations? I don't know. Uh, no, no, not for that. Okay. Pretty sure you're safe. All right. <laughs> And last question, are you going to homecoming? Heck yeah. We have think, season tickets. We go to every game, yeah. Nice, yeah. I think that is the game we might go to, so we will let you buy us a beer if we make it out there. Heck yeah. <laughs> I'll bring you some Lewis and Clark <laughs> Miner's Gold and uh, Tumbleweed. <laughs> Man, if, I would if you, love that. I will pay double the market price for some. Do they like? Do they sell the Teutonic Ale, or is it Tartonic? Or, I can't remember what it is, but the Blackfoot. Oh, like Blackfoot? Yeah. Um. I love that stuff. I, I, I mean, I think just in a growler. I don't. I don't think they have it in stores. Yeah, I don't think they do either. Dang, I love that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was that was fun having you on. Thanks for having coming on and talking a little bit about Chris Murray with us. Yeah, thanks, fellas. You guys do a good job. It's always fun to listen to you. And uh, yeah, keep it up. Thanks, Corey. Thank you. Uh, yep. Well, thanks to Corey. That was fun having him on. Um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was really enjoyable having him on, and it was a good discussion. He's way more articulate than we are. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You can take our job. <laughs> that always gets me a little bit nervous, not going to lie. <laughs> Someone taking our job? Yeah. Like, Wouldn't, be hard. <laughs> Wouldn't be hard. <laughs> but well, no I one's... think that's that's all we got, really, right, Ryan? Yeah, that pretty much is the episode we had. We Covered everything that I think we wanted to cover, and it was fun. You know, and coming up in the summer, too, you know, if things break and there's enough to talk about, um, you know, expect a podcast to come out. So, The Troy Anderson Hour. Absolutely. We should just (laughs) (laughs) see. You have no clue how many times I thought when I say, you know, welcome back, everybody, to the R&R CAC. How I would love to say, welcome back, everybody, to the Troy Anderson Bot. Cat cat. <laughs> we could do the Troy Anderson watch, and every week we just talk about what we saw. Troy Anderson, that'd be a pretty boring podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, that was... well, as usual, you can find us on Twitter, RRCatCast. Um, it's pretty much it. I don't think we're really anywhere else. on. We don't have a Facebook page or anything. So, yeah, find us on Twitter, RRCatCast. Uh, and, of course, on Bobcat Nation on our recurring thread. You can find us there. Leave us some feedback. Yes, please do. All right. Well, let's end it with our classic go cats. Go cats. Go cats.